Welcome to season six of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Event Marketing Partners and Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Xdan. This show is for all levels of experience talking marketing and business with the best guests in the industry. Two guarantees that we maintain you will learn and laugh. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 114 of the Making a Marketer podcast. <laughs> um, this, this is a show first, right? Jen and I wanted to have Jeff and Grace on our show. And then in the process, they asked us to be on theirs. So we're recording theirs and ours together. Boom. It's a twofer. Hello, Jen Cole, my co-host. How are you? Hello, Megan Powers. I am absolutely wonderful today. Excellent. Yeah, so we regularly introduce our guests, but since we have four people here and this is going to be a crazy show anyway, we're just going to introduce ourselves. So Grace, go ahead and you start, then we'll go around and I'll just wrap it up. All right. Well, I am the producer and co-host of this year fine show, Social Media News Live, which is a weekly live show and a podcast on social media marketing. I have developed online content and digital marketing strategies for brands like Restream, Hilton Worldwide, Social Media Examiner, and many more. And I come to the show as someone, or our show, as someone that has worked within organizations and corporations and basically give the uh, corporate marketing perspective. Basically, how do you sell this to the boss? That's the perspective I come from, which is supposed to Jeff. Well, I'm going to give it to, I want to give it ladies first because that's the way my mom raised me. So we're going to go to Jen Cole. Jen, give us your little intro and let us know all about you. All right. Well, you know, I am a person who believes that social media channels should be community driven first. They should be tight knit. And, you know, you go in with a goal and a strategy. I've been doing social media marketing for about 10 years now. And I am the social media manager at Gretemann Group right here in Wichita, Kansas. And we specialize in aviation marketing. I am the co-owner of Xstand Standing Desk. And I am the co-host of Making a Marketer. And I am also a public speaker. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Megan Powers, you're up. Hi. Oh, so I am Megan Powers and I am a marketer who has worked a lot in content for the last many years. I did do social for about 10, but for the most of my career, I've actually worked in events. And so I have made my way back to events full-time. So I am a corporate event marketer with event marketing partners, creating exceptional experiences for our clients. And of course, I am a podcaster. I've been hosting Making a Marketer since 2017 with Jen. And since the beginning of this year, I've been hosting another podcast called Trade Show talk for the Trade Show News Network. And I'm super, super excited to be here. Awesome. And I am Jeff C. And as I said before, you are not Chris Stone. And so you can find out more about me at jeffc.com. I'm a speaker. I'm also a podcast producer. I produce and help edit Guy Kawasaki's Remarkable People podcast, as well as many other things. So I'd uh, love for you to check me out at jeffc.com. That's S-I-E-H, I before E, especially in C. So that's how you remember as my mommy. That is how I remember every time I type it. Exactly. (laughs) So this is going to be a fun show because, you know, we're going to be kind of, it's going to be hard to get everything in. So Grace, take us away because here we go with the wildness that is now Twitter. 
Oh my gosh! Yes, the 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 title for the segment was just Twitter exclamation point because oh my gosh! After so many months of will he, won't he? Mr. Elon Musk did take over Twitter, and it did occur to the tune of forty four billion dollars, which was a loan with a one billion dollar interest tacked on every year. So in little over a week now, he has there have been several ambitious plans and reform for reformation and for monetization to earn some of that money back. Now, uh, plans include charging users, it was $20, now it's $8 for verification. In Musk's view, this will help eliminate bots on the platform. You know, we've seen a lot going back and forth on that. We're going to talk, go into that in just a minute here. We also saw a report uh, from Washington Post saying that they're currently exploring a new paywalled video approach. So this is still speculative, very much announced, would enable creators and publishers to charge a fee to let people watch a long form video on the app, something very different. And then Twitter is also considering new ad options such as paid DM, something Meta is also exploring. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. And then also, you know, it's going to work a little bit like the request inbox folder or request folder like LinkedIn's in mail, yeah, and then they're also bringing back. Well, there's also talk about them bringing back banned user and adjusting moderation policies, but that is on hold for now. They also previously announced that there's going to be a content moderation panel, which is something Facebook has enabled many years ago. So the ideas are coming fast and furious, and it's hard to keep track of all of them, let alone parse a coherent strategy. I mean, there's a fairly straightforward theme here. Obviously, Twitter is looking to make money and looking to make it fast because <laughs> if you've been following Twitter. They have not made money in the last couple of years. They made uh, $5 billion last year and uh, spent $5.2 billion. <laughs> and, have they ever uh, made money? Have, have they ever really made money? Do I think know? they did make money before 2019. I think when I and then and like then they 20 just bucks kinda, or something like it was yeah, something like yeah. that. Right. So the ideas are very haphazard and they're they lack consistency. Like at least, you know, they're seeking new sources of uh, non advertising revenue desperately to cut costs because and we'll get into this too. 90% of their income comes from advertisers, many of which are taking a break. In light of all the chaos. So Jen and Megan, you are both active and prolific on Twitter. I know I checked. What is your reaction to all of these updates? And has it changed much about how you tweet and what you tweet or your activity on the platform? All right. Let me just say, first of all, did they ever disclose what did Twitter Blue do for them? Right. Were they charging only two dollars? For Twitter Blue or something like that, like what's so, so Jim says that he uses Twitter Blue and he doesn't mind paying a little bit more for added features. So let us know what features there you're getting and like how much, like because I have no idea because I'm not going to give Twitter my money right now. So I'd love to know. <laughs> right. I believe right? It, was, it was either two or three because I'm currently doing uh, Twitter Blue as well. And a thing that I really liked about Twitter Blue is the fact when you tweet something out, you have like this kind of little progress circle at the bottom to where you have a few. I think. It's it's 30 extra seconds to decide to look over your tweet again and decide if you need to edit it or change it. Is there a typo? Do you want to switch pictures? You know, that kind of thing. So there is a little window to edit tweets. But of course, now for free for everybody, there's 30 minutes to edit your tweets without Twitter Blue. So mm. there's a whole lot of other things. The only thing I was interested in was that edit button. So I didn't really care about the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jim says, yeah, it's two ninety nine is what he's paying. So uh, very, very cool. Yeah. And in terms of changing how I... I um I am admittedly not on social media as much as I used to be because I'm not doing it as my main job. But I am seeing a little uptick in the in the bad stuff. However, I think that you can still control 
what happens, you know, in your feed. So hopefully the algorithm will still continue to work in our favor. But I'm with you, Jeff. I'm not ready to pay yet. I will be ready to pay if it is worth my while. If the, if the platform remains worth my while, let's say that. Yeah. I, I mean, I post links there. I interact with people who at mentioned me and mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I would not say I'm a heavy Twitter user. I know Jen was big on Twitter. Do you still do a lot of Twitter chats, Jen? No, I really, yeah. do. I don't do as many. I would love to, but I don't. Right. I mean, you were doing it like every week for a long time. And so yeah. I know you were, you're all about that. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. Would you two pay, or Grace as well, would you pay the $8 a month that he is saying to, you know, for this verification badge? Because I've heard it from both sides. Like some people say, yeah. that's great. I can have a blue check now. I'll just, I'll pay the eight bucks. And then people who have the blue check say it makes it meaningless now. So what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on paying the $8 for the other things? There was, um, you get, like you can you be able to monetize some video, I think was another option for the $8 and some other things. So would you be willing to, for the $8 a month Twitter verification? Jen Cole, I'm interested to hear you first. Yeah, I personally, yeah, I'm going to continue paying. I already paid the three with some, you know, with another five. But the cool thing is another feature that they're going to offer with this is longer length of video. So mm-hmm. if you have like, I, I, I don't remember what the time limit on that is, but I know that longer video, longer than a minute is going to be allowed on. And I know that they've tried this before with, and, and they, it does work with some brands. But if you don't have that like media library feature, then you don't get to do the long videos like other people. But if you pay the $8, you'll get to do that. And, you know, I think because social media is definitely moving in a direction of video, I, I feel like it's worth $8 for brands and for users. But are people mm-hmm. really watching long form video on Twitter? I mean, I do, don't know. <laughs> I mean, Great question. <laughs> what do you, would you pay uh, Megan for the blue check? If things don't change too much, I would absolutely consider it. Yeah. I mean, Twitter and LinkedIn are my two favorite platforms. So I want this to remain a, a good space. So I would consider it. Yes. Grace Duffy, will you happens. pay for the blue check? I personally don't see a value in me personally paying for it, but I think there's value in it for people that are personal brands or very prolific on it. It's definitely small businesses and major brands. I mean, I think for a long time, the blue check mark was mistakenly seen as an endorsement and not for what it was really meant to be, which was to prevent impersonation or misinformation. For instance, if I was craft, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't want anyone like saying something that I, that would be misconstrued as coming from me as right. a brand. Right? right. And so I saw the value in that, but then it just became this idea of an endorsement of mm-hmm. like this person. And so I don't know. So it's that's a popularity thing. It was like, Hey, mm-hmm. you're popular enough. You got a blue check. That's what it was. That's going to be going away. So it's not going to matter anymore. And so I get it. Like if you worked hard to increase your follower count and you got the blue check, having it be like a paid thing now, that would kind of hack you off a little bit, I would say. But for those of us who don't, but I'm, but it's, it's still not worth it for me. There's not a lot of Jeff C's out there. I can usually, you know, find out who's impersonating me. I do want to bring up some, uh, 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 Jim has some great points. So yeah, he, does. he goes, uh, I agree with Jen. Twitter is my biggest platform and they also maybe are bringing back Vine which will be very interesting with all the, like the shorts and the TikTok, And you know, that might be a good play. It's going to be interesting to see how Elon monetizes it because you know, that's around the corner. If they bring it back somehow, yeah. it'll be part of the $8 or something. And Jim does bring a good point. Cause I do this. I do repurpose all of my live shows over on Twitter. And he goes right now, the video length is two minutes. I think it's two minutes, 20 seconds is what I think it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah. live streaming is different, which we are also live streaming over on Twitter right now. And he also says, I don't care about the blue check, but I think they really need to think about the verification process. Right. That is a great right. point. Yeah. Right. And as far as your question about video, I think 
if we were, if you recall, Twitter was at the forefront of so many breaking news stories that maybe would not have been covered as personalized or as detailed as they were. So for instance, everything happening in Egypt, protests, different things happening in pop culture. So I think for that reason alone, I, I think having paying for the video ha- access to like legitimate video going on, it is a, it, I still use Twitter as one of my major news sources, right? If anything goes down, mm-hmm. I check Twitter to see what's going on about it. What are people saying about it? So I think there is value in, I would pay for that kind of video. And I think if I had a reason to, <laughs> to you know, to be verified or need that, you know, there aren't very many great stuff he's doing. What I'm doing, I don't know any, I'm not really worried about anyone impersonating me, but right. if I ever get to that point, everybody wants to be great stuffy. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> and hit Chris Stone over on LinkedIn goes, I heard Twitter's bringing back Google Plus drink. Yeah, so he oh had God. to mention Google Plus <laughs> for our drinking game that, yes, that goes on. I haven't mentioned it yet. I don't think it counts unless I say it, Chris. So uh, anyway, no, this is all, drink. yeah, this is all like, <laughs> we don't know what's going on on Twitter. This is all kind of like, they say this $8 thing could come as early as next week is some of the news that I've been reading, but we don't know what that all entails. If you could be the little devil on uh, Elon's shoulder, Megan Powers, what would you have that you would like offered for $8 a month other than what's already been mentioned? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. We haven't talked about the paying for DMs yet. Mm. I think that is a very interesting thing. If I could pay to have DMs blocked from people I <laughs> I don't want to hear from, that would be cool. Although I already have it only if we're connected. Can you DM me? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Jen, what about you? <laughs> I'm going to toss the ball. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if like, yes, you paid for that feature, but like along with that, like you pick the words that you would want to have like filtered out of direct messages. Like if it's Ooh. something mm. like get a cup of coffee or, you know, those kinds of things like Adam automatically, I don't know. Pick your brain. <laughs> right. Pick your brain. Pick your brain. Yeah. Phrases <laughs> like that. Can we pick the phrases that we don't want to receive DMs like for? That. And I would pay for that. I pay for that on LinkedIn. Yeah, God for sure. Yeah, I would want a better way of organizing my lists. I I I went through like I don't know six months taking ten years of Twitter and like segmenting every single person into lists so that I could see all the news, all the writers, Mm -hmm. all the social media people, the close friends, you know, people that. And I spent all of these, and it was like something that I did over six months, slowly and surely. So if there was a way to quickly categorize people into lists, like that would make my Twitter. experience amazing because it is like a fire hose I, I want to be able to control more of like i want to know more about this or this this that you know and and have those kind of so if there was a quick way to do that i would pay for that yeah something yeah. that would be like buckets that you could like just go because mm-hmm. to be honest what i go and use for social media now is like i go to groups like are very specific yeah. like i got my amazon influencers yeah. groups that like chris and a jim are in that i go and i look and i read and i and i get ideas and i have other things with like wood carving and stuff that i'm interested in if there's a way to do that easily on twitter i think the whole open fire hose thing is great except for when you really don't want it at all and you're tired of looking at all the dumpster fire that is twitter i do so. think lists are underutilized i have lists <clears> and yeah. i don't use them yeah, like, it's because they're hard to get to you're yeah. just like it's not part yeah. of the interface really well so anyway right. 
Well, what else I had to go to- through. Go yeah, I had to go through and follow. Like, I had to like I'll follow someone, and then go back in, and then put them in a list. And so, if there's a way to just follow someone and yeah. automatically list them, that'd be great. Just like just like subscribing to a podcast, right? So I use Stitcher for my podcast, and mm-hmm. it automatically says, "Well, what category do you want them in?" Like, you know, right. Jeff C. Dumpster Fire. Dumpster okay, fire. <laughs> put me in the Dumpster Fire list, Grace. That's great. So I'll ask this question, Grace, and then you can do the follow up. Mm-hmm. But for both you, Megan and Jen, since you are marketers, you've been in the marketing space for a long time. You talk about it on your podcast. So what would you advice would you give to brands that are on Twitter? Like Jim said, it was like his most popular one. Yeah, Megan said she, you like using it the best. But what would you tell brands right now are trying to figure things out and plan their content over the few, you know, next few days or weeks or months? What do you tell your clients? Like who you finally got them on Twitter. Like you're fine. Now all this stuff is happening. Like what do you do as a marketer? Jen, I'll start with you. I feel like right now, because things are just so up in the air and all of my clients are on Twitter. Well, not all of them, but most of them are. And um, and I love that about them. They, but they belong on Twitter because of the nature of their industry. I feel like it is important for them to stay on Twitter for sure. And then let me be the eyes and ears to come back with them about a strategy once things are you know kind of settling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Megan, you... I know you mentioned events and you that's how we met originally it was an event stuff. So uh, right. Twitter is a big part of events. I mean there's usually like a Twitter board something like that. So what are you telling your clients about Twitter with all the stuff going on like cuz events are still happening, things are still going on. I know it's kind of wrapping up towards the end of the year, but what would you tell, you know, especially from an event background about using Twitter? Yeah, September to November is like crazy time period for events. It remains I think the number one platform for before, during and after an event. So I say hold tight. (laughs) Like I don't think that there's any reason to panic, to bail right now. Talking about advertising is a totally different (laughs) thing altogether, right? Because Mm -hmm. I would argue, and I see people have been seeing people talk about this a lot. Like I don't really pay attention to ads on Twitter. I don't know why, but on every other platform I see them, but on Twitter, I don't really accept them until someone said that. And now I'm being a lot more conscious of it. But I would say maybe don't pay for advertising until we see how the dust settles, but it's still a valuable platform that can be, it's not as much hashtag driven as Instagram is, as we know, but for the purposes of your event, it absolutely is hashtag driven if you're doing it right at your event, right? Like I was just at the Money 2020 conference, biggest fintech conference that there is. And yeah, if you're not on that hashtag, you're not going to get seen. And so that's kind of the bottom line, I think, with Twitter is to, you know, just to like, hold on, just keep using your hashtag and um, working within your own community, because we all have a little community of our own, right, on Twitter, whether whether we have them in lists or not. So if you keep interacting with those accounts that matter, then you'll be fine. And I actually like the idea of these paid DMs, as long as it's from a legitimate company, which we've talked about, if they can clean up their verification process, and you're not just dealing with people that are spamming you, or, you know, the spray and pay campaigns. I actually like this idea, because I think it works well on on LinkedIn. You know, if someone's sending you an email, you kind of know what it is, and it's in a different box. And I think that there's a feature like this on Facebook Messenger as well. But I'd love to know what you think about this? Do you think it'll help stabilize Twitter as a marketing tool? Or do you think it'll backfire like so many things do? Google Plus. Just kidding. Watch it. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. So explain how these paid DMs are supposed to work. Does anybody understand how this is supposed to work? So does that mean like if I'm part of the $8 plan, 
that I will have direct access to you, Grace, or how does that? I think this is would be a this is considered a new ad option. So in addition to the ads that none of us see, apparently, well, maybe they're so stealth that they seem like they, <laughs> that they're so well targeted that it doesn't feel like an ad, which is the goal of advertising, right? But this would be a new offering to generate income. Because remember, 90% of their income, that $5.2 billion they make a year comes from advertising. So this would be one of those options. They speculatively say that it'll work just like LinkedIn in-mail does. Yeah, that's just, will that make us not check our DMs more? I mean, honestly, if you're getting (laughs) ads in there, I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Megan? Well, the magic is in the DMs, right? That's what everybody's saying. Like that's where the conversations are really happening. And so I think that beyond it being an ad, it has to be a real personal type of connection that you're trying to make, right? I think that just being human and trying to build your community through direct message by paying for it is not a bad thing. I think just trying to do the hard sell like a lot of people do on LinkedIn, I think is not the right path. Like, Um, Like I don't remember the last good in mail that I got from LinkedIn. It's always something I'm like, that has nothing to do with me. Like, you know, (laughs) who do we need to talk to in your C-suite? Well, that would be me because there's, (laughs) you know, I mean, do some research. (laughs) Or it's just vague enough. Like, I really enjoy your podcast. I want to be like, really? What do you enjoy? Which was your favorite episode and why? And they never, (laughs) yeah. You know what? Every time I ask that question, they always say just amazing beard. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with me. Okay. has everything to do with it. So Jen, what do you think about this? I mean, don't you think it's going to water down DMs? I mean, if you're getting ads in there? Here's what I think. I think if you're going to come into my DMs, if you're going to pay to be in my DMs, you better bring something with you, like an ebook or some tips or some a, coffee, you know, a, some a video, Starbucks gift card. Right, right. <laughs> you know, something like that. But I think if you're going to infiltrate my DMs and you're going to pay to do so, the, you know, the best way for you to get my attention is for you to bring something valuable with you so that I will pay attention. Give me a reason to open the DMs. That is a great point. I love that. Ooh, Always bring a housewarming gift, right? Always bring something. Never, never, <laughs> never come to a Twitter party empty-handed. Right. right. <laughs> so our friend Ian Anderson Gray, who is just off an amazing event over with Janet Murray, who's been on our show before, so make sure you go back and check that episode out. He says sometimes they're really clever and say they enjoyed a specific episode, even though it's obvious it's a copy and paste job. Yep, I've had those. <laughs> I think we all have. You're like, and you, and you kind of have to quiz them. And they still don't get it right. So, but I'll tell you, especially if they want to be a guest or they have someone who wants to be a guest on my show, yeah. like, yeah, you really have to show that you know what the show is about because right. otherwise, I just, you know, yeah, your copy and paste is exactly right. So, this is a great question. So, Christy uh, says, Twitter is the best way for me to reach larger companies for responsive and quick customer service like airlines and Apple. Do you think this oh, will change? Sure. Ooh, that's a great question. Like under these this new management, I mean, really, a lot of customer service happens on Twitter. I mean, if they're doing it right, people are the companies are monitoring it. So will this change? Jen Cole, what do you think? Oh, man, I really hope it doesn't change. It, it's been something that so many of us have kind of come to expect and rely on for right. you know, the last, what, decade or so. Go to Twitter when something, especially with airlines, especially yeah. with Apple, is Instagram down. We go to Twitter, you know, for support because Instagram supports on Twitter, you know, things like that. I, I feel like this is something that we need to make sure we're reminding our clients, especially those big brands out there that are getting tons of tweets a day, right. that there's still a place for that. And I feel like this is where people are still going to come to for problems like that. 
So Megan, what do you think? Because it's true, we've used it for so long. And we had Brooke Sellis on a couple weeks ago talking about you know customer service and Twitter's a big yeah. part of that. So with the changes under Elon and everybody saying they're abandoning it, do you think it's going to make a big difference for customer service? I don't think so. I think brands are still going to stay on. I think they should stay on and use it as they have been because it's still a channel. It's still a CX channel that 100% has to be tended to. I think that we're going to see more individuals leaving Twitter than we're going to see brands. That's my personal mm. take on an exodus. Well, Jim, and I, we're seeing it already. There's so many people. There's so many people on there who are like, "I'm leaving," and of course, then everyone's trolling them. <laughs> like, right, why right. are you still here? <laughs> you're, you're, you said you were leaving. Or you're do, still, why are you still here? Yeah, don't let the door hit you on the way out, kind of a thing. So, Jim agrees. He says, "There's a yeah. You think people are overreacting to the ownership change? We need to give it yep. some time." So, Grace, what about you? You gonna still gripe about? Your local Costco on Twitter? Oh, I yes, I am still going to grab a pet. I used to run a, a Twitter advocacy program for Hilton Worldwide. We'd reach out to people going to different cities and say, hey, do you want a recommendation on restaurants or places to see? And it worked out really well. This was about 10 years ago. And I think that every major brand has their, you know, brand cares right. tag, right? And then the brand tag and then the and then ads, I think, are a separate thing. So there's been a lot of telling brands that they, they shouldn't advertise, not spend money on there. But I think brands like Macon was saying that if they're smart, they'll stay on there as a representative because that's people have come to expect that, right? Regardless of whether you're there or not, they're still talking about you. Mm-hmm. I think some people have Twitter accounts just for that very reason. Like they're not an yeah. actual Twitter user, but that's right. the only place that where they can directly reach a brand. I think we need Dan Gingis's opinion on this though. Don't yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> so to kind of wrap everything up, I'm going to kind of agree with what Megan says for your clients. I think, you know, and if you're a business and are like, what do I do? I'm on Twitter. Do I need to go or stay? I think staying on there and seeing how it plays out, maybe pause advertising like uh, Megan was saying, like t- to see like where you're, because we don't know what that budget's going to do with some of these changes. So maybe kind of pause on some of that, but not just running away, you know, screaming into the world. Um, Ian goes, the, let's see, the people that leaving are the noisy ones, but I think they are in the mino- minority. Putting politics aside, I'm excited about the potential innovations on Twitter. It's about time. So a lot of people are excited about change, any change on Twitter. So that's an interesting yeah. take. But I'll tell you something that people are not abandoning, and that is our show sponsor, Ecamm. See how I did that? That's just <laughs> another great segue. Amazing. Years of practice. By the way, they are the ones who sponsor the show. They do an amazing job. This allows us to have four of these amazing people on screen, able to switch you know, cameras, do all this amazing stuff. That You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They actually have a new podcast, and it's called The Flow, and it's all about video podcasting. You can find out more about that at flow.ecam.com. They actually record it live, I believe, every Tuesday over on YouTube. So you guys need to go check that out. It's at 12 p.m. Eastern if you want to watch that live, but it's the flow.ecam.com. So thank you for them for sponsoring the show. All right, Megan, you had some questions that you wanted to ask. Yeah, well, and I want to make sure we have time to ask them. So you go ahead and just segue right to it. Perfect. All right. So Jen and I talked about having you on. We wanted to talk about how, you know, doing a live show and and a show that's specifically focused on news every week. It's a lot. They're getting a peek behind the curtain of Grace and Jeff's show flow. It's a lot. She has references in there, links and stuff. So it's it's very cool. So I want to know how hard it how hard is it? You both have jobs and you do this. I know this is part of your job, Jeff, definitely, but how do you keep up on the news? And, and really pull off a really good weekly show. Weekly is hard. It's a good, great stuffy. <laughs> it's all great stuffy. I just, she leaves Aww. the door open for me and I just walk in. 
Well, let me tell you, this is an hour of free consulting for us. So anytime that I run into an issue or we want to know something about email marketing, (laughs) we're like, that's a topic this week, right? But as far as keeping up with the news, I keep this Feedly account that I've been updating and pruning and tending, you know, for years now. And it's just become like very segmented into like social media news and trying to get, uh, so I've refined all those resources. So that's where I find the sources. And then I'm also part of a lot of Facebook groups that talk about social media marketing. And so it's usually just whatever's bubbling to the top of what people are talking about. Of course, being social media marketers, we are very social with our marketing opinions. So so it really is just very the zeitgeist. And then, you know, Jeff and I go back back and forth about like, what do you want to talk about this week? What's a topic that we really want to cover? And then we will go back and forth throughout the week. And then we have refined how we run the show. We did actually a segment on this for a leap into podcasting for LinkedIn. Uh, for um, Ecamm's event a few weeks ago about how we pull off the show as far as organizing it, managing it. So and I believe Jeff still has a link to those resources if anyone's interested, but that is what I do on my end. And then I give Jeff all, I, I, the Jeff and I argue all week long about topics and titles. <laughs> it's mostly titles because like she likes to write long, long paragraphs, but she's a very, very good organization. Grace is the one who makes the show happen. But also I think there's something to be said about, we have been doing this for, you know, this show for over two years and we were together doing another show before that. So we do this dance like that a lot of people don't see like in the comments, like we're going, she covered this already and da da da. And we're talking, there's a Google doc that we have open during the show where we communicate. So I think it's the dance, like like you guys do with your podcast. You've done it for such a long time. You know kind of what they're going to say. You kind of know where to lead them and, and what, you know, and what reactions to get out of them. And so I think being familiar with each other and having that, you know, chemistry really, really helps. Yeah. So and you missed last week. Sorry, just want to say hey. you missed last week, but like, I feel like you have hardly missed any. I feel like yeah. you guys are so consistent. I think that's one of the things like, and Grace and I have argued about this a little bit is um, we won't move the show because we have people like Brian and Jim and Chris and Ian and, and people who show up every week at the same time. And so we've like, there's some people we'd like to have on that are like in Australia and stuff that they just can't make the time. And we're like, we can't really change it because it's just, right. we want our community. And I think I've learned a lot from Lou Mangello who does the WDW radio show. He's one of the old school podcasters. His community is amazing. And, our community is amazing. And so I just, I think it's all about community and trying to figure out, I want people to ask their questions, like how, you know, that's what I love about Jim's comments and Chris's. And I mean, I, I just love right. being able to communicate people during the show. I think it's just awesome. Love it. Yeah. I think, oh, I think it adds a little extra value, you know, because they have you on screen in real time and you're able to just like have kind of a little side conversation with the crowd too. It's, it's, yeah. it's a really genius experience. I, well, I think otherwise just upload a YouTube video. I mean, that's f- fine, yeah. but I want to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Like I love yeah. being able to talk to Brian who is in Barcelona and he'll send us stuff. And we do some stuff even with Volley where people can ask their questions and we can play their video live. And we've done that in the past yeah. as well, which is oh, that's so cool. a lot of fun. So yeah, it's, it's all about the community. I really like the people we have and I, they're the reason we show up every week. And it builds consistency so, and discipline. So I just know that, you know, whatever's going on in my life, I just lob off Friday morning. It's like, just, I'm not available. And so it's just become a habit. And, you know, I, I know Jeff and I both have our like getting ready routines and we have tried to do shows in the afternoon. Like when we've had to like record, pre-record something because we were traveling or whatever. And we are two people that can get nothing else done until we've done our show. Like right. we are absolutely useless. So. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Yeah. That's really, you guys have had a really long, you know, really long relationship. You've been doing it for a really long time. I just, I love that it's something that's still rolling. It's something that we can all still depend on and, and appreciate. So um, tell your friends, tell your friends that we have the show. No, just. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Don't worry. I did today. I told them twice already. There you go. See, I can always count on Jen. That's right. <laughs> I told them. So what is the piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to start a weekly podcast like this? Get a grace. But if you can't get a grace, be consistent. Yeah, yeah just be. I mean, and and it, you've seen the, the show flow. We have kind of segments. We usually have three segments. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes we don't even get through them all, but we have them ready to go. And so I think have a plan to show out and then have a place where you're going to ask questions. We've been doing it so long that we can kind of whenever I can glance over and like, oh, that's going to make sense to put in here, this question or comment. But when you're first starting out, I would have sections built in where you go to the comments. Because then if you're repurposing as a podcast, which you should do, you have a place you could you get those in or you could chop them out if you want to. So that would be my advice. And then just schedule it and make it easier, easy for your guests and make them the stars of the show. What would you say, Grace? Oh, definitely. We want to have guests. We've tried doing shows with just the two of us. We're like, skip, repeat. You know, so. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's a lot of fun. But I think when people are just getting started. They're very nervous about two things. Either they have so much to say about something and they're afraid that they're going to run out of material. And so I always advise to create things in, in the mindset of a season, right? So mm-hmm. plan six episodes out. See how that goes. Plan your next six episodes. Plan your next six episodes or 13 or whatever that cadence is. But plan set that set show, get through them. And then take what you've learned and then adapt and build as you go along. And so, and then, you know, any topic, any topic that you're interested in. So for instance, you know, like live video, which we talk about a lot, there's so many things you can get into. You can do a whole season on gear. You can do a whole season on this, that, or the other, and just keep that. And I think that helps people keep focused and keep motivated. And it's not as scary to plan six episodes ahead or 13 episodes or whatever it is. Right. And, mm-hmm. and to plan the next six ones. So just pace yourself and have fun with it. Oh, and, Talk to the camera. That was something that I was right. <laughs> like, talk to the camera. I had a I had Make- a post-it note with an, an arrow that I had for years just stuck to my monitor that would point to the camera. That's what I would do. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I love a- it. So if you join late, someone unknown user said, who's, who's interviewing here? <laughs> who's interviewing who here? My mind is blown. Yes, this is a collab. So this is both Social Media News Live and Making a Marketer podcast happening simultaneously. Yes, we are here to blow your mind. That's right. Indeed. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a second about yours is a live broadcast first and a podcast second. Would you agree? Yeah. It's yeah. always been that. Like every... From the very beginning, back to Google Plus, Chris Stone, I would do that <laughs> with my because I it's one I'm lazy, but I'm like, why not repurpose a live show for a podcast? What would you do if anything? What would you do differently on your show on the podcast if you weren't doing it via live stream each week? Like, I would batch. Yeah, I would. Like I, I would get batch. so jealous of of Eric Fisher. He's like got him his his podcast like recorded out to like next March, I think. I mean, I'm just like. Ugh. Lucky. He's an efficiency rock star. Yeah. But he's, yeah. yeah. So I would definitely batch content. I think that, I think if we weren't a live show and we weren't building this consistency, now as Jeff mentioned, we do rely on our comments. We want to bring in comments. We want to, that's something that we find value in. And so that's why we are primarily a live show. But I think if we were a podcast, it would give us a lot more flexibility and be able to schedule different people. Like Jeff was saying, someone in Australia, like we've had Doc Rock on before. He's in Hawaii. So -hmm. it was 5am for him and he came on our show, but not everyone will do that. So I think that that would give us a lot more flexibility as far as, as far 
of scheduling things and then batching content and doing things like all at once and then taking a break and planning things out. But at the same time, you know, we're focused on the community, the comments, the news as it's breaking. And then I do better talking to people like face to face as much as like, I know I'm talking to my camera, but you're here and reacting to people. And I think that makes such a richer uh, personalized experience. So that's why I enjoy doing a live show. But if it was just a podcast, I would definitely not look like this. It takes a long well, time. And to that's why we beard. record on zoom. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. We record on zoom still, even though audio yeah. files, you know, are aghast at the fact that we do that because oh, the audio quality is just not as good, but it's because because we want to take visual cues from our guests, I don't want to just talk to somebody on the phone and not be able to see their verbal expression and have it be this really, you know, interactive experience. You can still do that on the podcast, even though, um, even though it's not live. But to your point, oh, Grace, yeah. about batching, I did a little bit of that, a mini batch. And what I found was for me, it, made, it was a little sad because I was like, I hadn't talked to Jen in so long. And so, and also I got kind of out of the routine of the schedule a guest have a show schedule get you know because some of them were already done mm -hmm. so for me i really enjoy the make it publish it make it publish it kind of a thing too because also when i'm writing the show notes and when i'm listening back it's a lot more fresh yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. there's pros and cons to all of it i just like the ability and chris said repurpose with purpose there's so much content i can get out of a video a live video show and it's different because I've been doing it for so long than somebody who's just starting out. I'm able to go live multiple places. And I even have companies that allow me to go into their groups or their page with this show because it's good content. They would like to have it on their page. So I would not go live everywhere like I do now just starting out. But I think it's as you evolve and grow, then you can add channels. And with the technology like Ecamm, which allows you to pull in, I mean, we're pulling in content from comments from YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. I just think it's, it's more practical now than before. Yeah. So what is, what is a business book that you would recommend to your listener or to our listeners, even like any listener, anybody interested in marketing or the a news? business book? A business book. Oh, I got one. Do you this have is our one? standing question. We ask every guest on I, our show. I have one, but you go, it. Jeff. Yay. Oh, Okay, mine is Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull, who is the founder of Pixar. And it's a really good oh, book about working with uh, create, creative professionals. And it also has some a lot of cool inside stuff about Pixar when it was formed. So that is probably my favorite business book. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what is mine. It's not just a business book. It is just a life. But because of the business that we're in, you'll see the application. And it is Tiago Forte's Building a Second Brain. Oh, yeah. Our friend Eric Fisher just did an incredible show. If you want to listen to that, his show is Beyond the To-Do List by Eric Fisher. And so it's all about this idea that you know, we're inundated with so much information. And like, there's some information that you don't need to keep holding in your brain. You can offload it to some other second brain. So I use Notion for that. And that's a tool that you know, if you go on YouTube, you'll see that he talks a lot about working in Notion, but you can use any tool. And it's about offloading these unnecessary things that you have in your brain, like little details or remembering, you know, different mm -hmm. pieces of information so that your brain can be used for creativity to tie back into Jeff's thing. So your brain is meant to create, not to retain. And so, you know, things like who won the battle of 1812, like you can Google that, right? <laughs> or yeah. you can do that somewhere else, right? But like, you know, what is your passion? What really drives you? You know, those are the things that you should be using your brain for. So I really love that as just a way of doing life. So he's amazing. That's an amazing interview. I use a tool called Rome Research, which allows me to do that. I mentioned it before on the show that I, I really like, and it, it lets me tag everything. I actually 
read all my books on Kindle. And when I highlight them, it actually takes those highlights, tags the book and drops it into Rome Research. And it also emails me every couple of weeks. So it's always fresh in my mind, those quotes that I've wow. saved. It's called Readwise is that tool. But I would love for That's the audience true. to let us know what um, Ian says. He loves Notion plus Readwise. Yeah, he uses Readwise too. So what are some of your favorite tools as we're getting on this topic? And I love the Jen ask about business books because I think reading is smart things to do. So anyway, love to know you guys' <laughs> tools. All right. Was that all of your questions for us? Is that it? Okay. Um, yes, let's sir. go into some more social news as we kind of change over here. Let's talk about this new meta reports that's yeah. been going on over at meta. So, you know, after a disastrous earnings report for quarter three in 2022, Meta informed the market that's net income was its lowest level since 2019. Hopefully we'll keep streaming on Facebook after we do this. Ongoing and rising investment is in its, they want to put it all in this Meta burst vision. They're having problems because of all the stuff with Apple and the ad space. And in the earnings call, the CEO Zuckerberg, you know, he reassured investors, but it's his plan to keep doubling down on the Meta stuff. And he had did these four kind of key areas on moving forward. It's improving its AI discovery tools to maximize engagement as app, which I think isn't working. Uh, adding new business messaging features to monetize the user shift towards messagings away from social apps. Rebuilding its ad tools to re reduce a reliance on user data and continued development of AR, VR, and the metaverse with a focus on the future. So let's discuss these things one-on-one. -on -one. It's just starting with this AI discovery tools. Like what they want to do is be more like TikTok, which serves your content based on your interests, uh, but not uh, kind of on who you follow, which to me is the opposite of what Facebook was founded on. But it aims to maximize the value of the content available on each app by highlighting the best, most engaging posts, regardless of who posted them. It sounds great for creators, but disliked by users who are there following their friends, family, and their favorites. So unlike TikTok, which features videos, Meta claims the advantage of other different kinds of content, different video, photos, text only, and links. So what do you guys, Megan, we'll start with you and then go over to Jen. What do you guys think about this update? Do you think people really want Facebook to become TikTok? I mean, just what are your thoughts on this whole thing? No. <laughs> the short answer is no. I really struggle with all of the changes they've made with business accounts and how that how oh, everything gosh. works. And yeah. I, I think that AI discovery is something, I don't know. I mind there's so little. I just, I want to see what I want to see. Mm -hmm. And so it does, I do kind of bail out on platforms when I just keep getting served things I don't want to see. So I think like other people's content on Facebook for me is not what I'm after unless I'm going into a group or right. purposefully going to a brand page or something like that. I think it's not the place for it. That's my right. personal. Yeah, I, I agree. So Jen, what about you? I mean, you've been on all the socials for a long time. Are you using Facebook more or less? Way less. I go days without like posting and don't even realize, oh, I haven't posted on Facebook. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, I care to see what's happening like in like the social media pulse group. I care to see, you know, like the small businesses around that have events that I might be interested in. I care about that. I don't care that five of my friends have commented on the same post that I just commented on and it keeps showing up at the top of my feed every single time. I'm like, no, I already know this conversation. And I've already addressed it, but I don't need it to take over my life every time I get on Facebook. Right. And, you know, the same kind of thing with Instagram. I 
love plants and Instagram has figured out how much I love plants. And so now instead of like seeing all of these posts from my friends and from brands that I want and have chosen to follow, I'm seeing all these plant reels <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, guys, I have 20 plants in my living room alone. I don't need more plants. Yes, I need to learn about plants, but I feel like I'm right. doing a pretty good job by myself. I get on the platforms to see the things that I chose to care about on social media. And I don't know that I like the whole recommended users type of avenue right. that they're taking these days. So so this is what Jim says. He goes uh, from Fusion Marketing. He says, he's watching over on YouTube. He says, too much of the platforms doing the copycat thing. Do what you do best and focus on that. I use Facebook less for sure. My thing yeah. is, is they're making it harder rather than easier. Like I had to change my profile picture on my Jeff C business page because I couldn't tell which profile I was on because they, yeah. you, know, like you had to do that stupid switch between your pages. Yeah. And like, who am uh -huh. I commenting as now? And I couldn't tell who I was. And I'm like, this yeah. is not an update. I'm sorry. It's, right. it's anyway, it's, it's just. It, it's it's defaulting confusion. for me to like old, old business pages that I don't, I'm not even mm -hmm. using Same. anymore. Right. I'm getting notifications now on pages. I'm no longer, I shouldn't be getting notifications on. Yeah. It, it's bananas. And then in terms of the, uh, the metaverse and all that kind of stuff, I think that's cool. It's fine, whatever, but it's something different. It's not, yeah. you're not going to yeah. get the same people. I don't think necessarily I'm interested in that. And it's a long play, right? Like how long, how long they've been talking about this? How long, it, like the Oculus thing, right. you know, it's, it's yeah. a whole. It's I love whole my piece. Oculus. It's fun, but it's not like, you're not going to convince people to strap it on for a meeting right now. I don't think, no. I mean, there's certain people that'll do it, but I'm just like, yeah. anyway, I digress. We won't gripe <laughs> about, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, I heard someone say they were a real estate agent for the metaverse on TV the other day. Okay. I'm like, huh? That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah, apparently it's a thing. Now, I, I so I'm all about innovation and we know some yeah. friends who are really, are killing it on there and I yeah. think it's awesome. It's, but it's still not adopted by everybody until it can be like an yeah. iPhone where everybody has it in their pocket. It's right. going to be really hard to get people to strap on things to their faces. Now I do it every day. I love <laughs> it. I work out in the metaverse because I think it's so much fun. It's like a video game, that was cool. but I just don't, I mean, it's uh, I'm a nerd. That's it. I'm a nerd. And that's why I like that kind of stuff, but my mom's not going to do it. So let's move on grace for this next question. Cause we're running, this is so much fun. We're running, running way behind. So take it away. Well, this is a big question too. So Meta also is part of, it's part of its four-pronged plan of, of revitalizing itself as they're moving towards more business messaging features for the reasons that you mentioned. Like a lot of people are not getting a lot of value out of their news feeds. So they're relying more, they're on there for groups, you know, they're on there for messaging as opposed to these public postings on Facebook and Instagram. And by the way, Jen, Instagram thinks I'm obsessed with the royal family. I mean, I like them just fine. <laughs> we but like, know the truth, I, don't need to every day with the royal family. Right. Like, like, oh my gosh. Like, so here's a big question that I get all the time, and it I'm gonna toss it over to you. Is organic social over? What does this mean for Facebook ad campaigns and marketing campaigns that rely on interactions on the newsfeed? You're not giving this over to me? Yeah. Yeah, Mark, that's <laughs> okay. over to both of you. This is okay. opinion time. This is opinion time. <laughs> this is opinion time. <laughs> no, I don't feel like organic social is dead. I feel like it's changing quite a bit. I feel like we're even shifting. I read an article the other day about how Instagram and TikTok and you know all these platforms are becoming more of search engines instead of hashtag factories, kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So where you need to be like paying attention to the messaging that you're not being spammy, of course, it works the same with websites, but you need to be if you have the keywords and you have the opportunity to be putting the keywords 
into your captions, you need to be doing that, treating it kind of like you're captioning a photo on a website, but of course, then changing it into something playful and social for social media. So I I think it's changing for sure. And I I think a lot of people are going to direct messaging. Paid is definitely not my strong suit at all. I know a little bit about paid, but it's not my area. And it's Mm. not where I spend a lot of my time. So I don't really have a lot of input for you there. But I don't think organics that I just think it's uh, morphing. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, yeah. Megan? What are your thoughts about uh, organic social? Well, I, I would agree with, with Jen. And I don't think it's dead. But also, I think you have to be more deliberate and like test more engage engage obviously yeah. with your with your people with your community, but also t- test, 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 like try see what works. And then keep doing more of that and then be ready to adjust and change what works. You know, like it's a, like A-B testing, I think is your, is your friend mm-hmm. for short, but I do agree with them. I think it's Scott who said it's local. It's good for local, but it's crushing brands. And I, once again, I'm going to go all the way back, back to what I said earlier about community. If you can find a way to do organic community in a way that's not spammy, but people are following, like I go back to my friends over at Ecamm, they have that, they have a great Facebook group that people are in and active and testing and sharing. This works for me. What kind of camera should I use? All this stuff. It's a very organic around their brand, but it's a really, really tight community where they support each other. So if you can figure that sauce out and do it in a way that's not spammy, that's what's amazing. So let's get our final uh, part in here because I want to know what you think about this. TikTok versus Instagram. I think TikTok's just an entertainment platform, to be honest. I mean, there's some stuff in there, but I mean, mostly people go for entertainment. What are your thoughts and how do you, first of all, Megan, what's your favorite? And then how are you integrating it into your marketing plans? So I would say TikTok is my favorite, but I admittedly never found a way to do TikTok for a customer. Instagram, keeping up with the constant changes of Instagram is kind of a challenge. But so it's, it's funny, I, I get, I, TikTok sucks me in, right? So I can spend so much time in there. So I really have to be careful. So what happens is I end up not going on there for a really long time. Well, in preparation for the show I got on last night and in the For You, it was all lives, yeah. which I thought, I don't, you don't get that on Instagram. You get like a notification that someone's live, but you don't find that in your feed. So I I wonder if there's any differentiation happening between the two as far as that goes. I do think that you can do business content on TikTok 100% and that TikTok has the best algorithm of any yeah, platform. it's amazing. For sure. Yeah. What about you, Jen? What are your What's your favorite, and what do, How do you think marketers can use it? Yeah, I think there's a place for both, for sure. I, I love doing this short form, short form video content on Instagram. But however, in this perspective, TikTok is my favorite. There are a lot of things. TikTok's great for entertainment. There's a lot of stuff that I've also learned about myself and learned obviously about other things. I I, I learn things when I'm on TikTok, which is not the experience that I expected to get. Like I I do learn about well, I've learned a lot about Taylor Swift lately. <laughs> Probably more than I ever need to know about Taylor Swift. God, I love her, but my goodness. She's a Swiftie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, you know, there's mental health stuff on there. There's um, care stuff, which I, I do care about it. And mm-hmm. I do find value in it. But this is where I go for that kind of stuff. I expect to see that kind of stuff on TikTok. I feel like 
it's it's just different. There's a different expectation on TikTok. I do like the funny pet videos. In fact, right. I have made TikTok not about work for myself. This is where I post my pets. I post my pets on TikTok and that's pretty much exclusively what I post on TikTok. I, I do have a brand that I'm looking into TikTok for, and we're trying to find creative ways for them to make their brand interesting on TikTok. And I think that there are ways that we can do it. But right now, it is an outlet for me. It is my personal space, and it's not being encroached on by work. I agree. What about yeah. you, Grace but, Duffy? What is your favorite? And I love TikTok. I'm with Jen. I've learned a lot of things about a lot of things, and my children are on it. Like they don't produce content on it, but you know. And I have a son that's neurodivergent and he's learned so much more about himself and just the language yeah. that he uses around things and just to make him feel more like I'm not strange. I'm this, I've got this community, just like you're talking about, Jeff. It just, I've been able to find a community, although I don't myself post on there, right? I miss old Instagram with the photos. Um, <laughs> I follow I a lot of like, <laughs> I follow a lot of like people that are renovating things. And because of this focus on video, you end up with these 30 second videos of like, this is how I added this board to my, you know, Right. This thing to my house. And I'm like, I can't learn that in 30 seconds. Like I want to look at it and study it and everything. So I kind of, I hope Instagram brings back old Instagram one day. Yeah. See, I think that I'm really okay. worried about what Zuck's doing for the whole company, Instagram included. So it, I just, you know, once again, you know, keep watching, don't put all your eggs in one basket. The other thing I would say, I, I, my kids send me so many TikToks and they're very funny. And so it is very much an entertainment for me. One thing I would caution though it's like we've mentioned that you can learn a lot of things on there. Just make sure you double check yeah. some of those people out there who say they're experts yeah. because there's been some, even my daughter sent me some financial advice for some like young people. I'm like, that doesn't, she's like, dad, we need to, we need to build a car wash. And I'm like, no, we don't. We like, don't need to build a car wash um, to make money. Um, so just be, I just, you know, always vet everything from either yeah. side on any platform, you know, double check what's going on, you know, uh, Use, God, your, Jeff, use the head that you're, use the head that you that God gave you. That's what my dad would say. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we are way past time, but this has been an awesome show. Thank you for letting us crash your podcast. Thank you for being guests on our show. This has been amazing. We need to do this more. Agreed. This is this was so much fun. I appreciate yeah. you all so much. Some of my favorite people on the planet. So <laughs> thanks for having us. So Yay. before we wrap up everything, let's go through one more time. And starting with Jen Cole, uh, tell people where they can find you, what you're working on, and all of that. So starting with Jen, you go first. Sure. Well, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. I'm Jen Cole ICT basically everywhere. Right now, I'm we're, we're working on booking up our podcast. Um, and I'm also working on just some really fun things at work, like implementing more reels. I, I really am having a lot of fun doing reels for clients. I posted a really fun reel for Gretemann Group uh, this morning because we have a colleague going to run in the New York City Marathon this oh, weekend. Cool. Get on Gretemann Group's Instagram channel and check that thing out. It is hilarious. <laughs> awesome. So that's kind of it. Megan Powers, where can we find out more about you and what you're doing? So on the Twitter, I'm at Megan Powers, but I would love for you to follow our Making a Marketer podcast Twitter. It's at Make a Marketer. And yes, we would love to have some a new and interesting guests on. And um, this, by the way, is the first time Jeff's been on before, but this first time Grace has been on. So I'm so happy um, that this worked out. But yeah, we want to have a wide variety of a diverse group of people that we have on and diverse topics. We talk about mar marketing primarily, but we also do just cover general business and wellness and all that kind of good stuff. So there, and then my website is powersup.marketing um, as you can. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Grace Duffy, where can we find out all things Grace? 
You can find me here every week now that Jeff is back and and back to the life of the living. The, right. the living. So yes. he was not feeling well last week. But our next show is next week, Friday, November 11th. We have a very special guest on with someone that you met at a conference, Jeff. We're going to talk all about TikTok. So we'll yep. get all those TikTok questions answered. But that is at 11 a.m. Eastern. 10 a.m. Central, that's where you can find us. And I'm Grace Stuffy everywhere on the socials because I, I've taken my name on every platform. So there you awesome. go. Yeah. And <laughs> thank you to our, uh, once again, show sponsor, Ecamm. You can find out more about them at socialmediaslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Don't forget about their new podcast, all about making a video podcast at flow.ecamm.com. That's flow.ecamm. That's E-C-A-M-M.com. Make sure you guys go check them out. Thank you, Jen Cole, as always. Thank you, Megan Powers and Jeff C and Grace Stuffy. This has been fantastic. All right, friends, this has been episode 114 of the Making a Marketer podcast, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>